Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? Let me um, let me set the scene here. There's 15 minutes and 38 seconds left. In the Texas Tech Kansas basketball game. Spencer and I are watching it delayed at different speeds, and I have stat <laughs> broadcast pulled up, which is pretty much instantaneous. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, our our individual streams are about 30 seconds off. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But Michael just said he's on stat broadcast, which is live as close to the broadcast as possible. So uh, as scatterbrained as we are when we're watching a game and doing a podcast, get ready for that. Or, you know, when we're trying to put together thoughts for a post game, uh, especially when it's solo, you know, I do want to talk about that. I I do want to do a, a full Ole Miss recap because even in the moment, I didn't do it justice how badly we kicked their ass. Oh, I'm ready to, to, to dive more into it. I, th- I think you did a great job. You did a good job. I didn't mean for my voice to raise up. I don't know what that meant. You did a great job. You did a good job. <laughs> it's really good. That reminds me. It's really good. I, I, I know you're not on TikTok, but there's a, there's a new sound that's kind of... Uh, it's not quite like trending or viral yet, but it, they overlay it with something athletic that's really impressive mm-hmm. but you get the the sound from the person that's shooting the video from like an old grandma like oh hooray <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah it's, oh, good for you yeah hooray anyways um yeah this episode 23 personal podcast brought to you by sports drink your digital water cooler it is the internet community newly formed internet community bring the intersection of sports and not sports like us perfect match you can follow them online or on social go to sportsdrink.org or open instagram at sports drink spelled like sports drink for without the vowels all we ask that you close the door behind you and try not to let the funk out and michael that is not our only affiliation anymore it's always going on it's always been an affiliation with staking the planes but this is something that's been in the works we've known about it for Six months now, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't our announcement to make and pieces had to be put into place, but we are officially joining forces with gambling gauchos 
Red Raider dugout, seeing Scarlet and staking the planes to bring you Texas Tech Red Raiders, the greatest content creation team outside of the athletic department because they've got some pretty fantastic creators as well. But we don't do videos like they do. Uh, well, seeing Scarlet's got some really good video quality. Yes, and, that's uh, true. And uh, Gambling Gauchos are streaming their shows. We're going to be doing that here soon as part of our, our new uh, arrangement. We've got a access to the streaming software that they use as well. We'll do that as long as we're not overlapping with them. Um, we're all excited to be Very. in this venture together. Um, we mentioned we're, we're still part of the Staking the Plains group. That ownership, general managership, <laughs> I don't know the, the official wording, but the the mantle, the... What's that called? The baton, the, the flame baton. is being passed. There you go. Seth is uh, looking to to reduce his his schedule to focus more with his family and his boys as they grow up and get more involved and get going eighteen thousand different directions. So the uh, editorship, <laughs> I don't know, um, the baton's being passed. So Kyle and Rob are taking over that full full force. We are creating this content creator group. Um, maybe even a full fledged podcast network. We'll see. We've got four in the works together. We might as well call it a network. Um, but phase three, as it's been so dubbed, we're excited to be officially public with that and moving forward. Yeah. I mean, in, the Gachos had a really nice write-up talking about the plan. And, and you mentioned, you know, just, just to kind of piggyback on what Seth means to the Red Raider community. For those of you who don't know, Seth started Double T Nation. I'm not sure if it was an SB Nation blog back then or not. I'm not I can't keep up with the it was chain, not. Of, chain of command there. So, But he started that, and then it became part of SB Nation later. Texas Tech got mad at the use of double T. So Seth had to change it to Viva the Matadors, which he managed until when was that 2015 Spencer? Yeah. When we, uh, when he instigated the great exodus from, yeah, or at least for, for our site, we all, well, he left, we all followed. (laughs) Yes. So he, he left, uh, Viva the Matadors back in about in 2015 started staking the planes and we went with him. My contribution to the site has since we started the podcast has pretty much gone down to nothing. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people like, man, yeah, well, we sure miss all your stuff, Michael. I, no, I'm just kidding. There's nobody that even remembers that I wrote there, but, uh, still glad to be a part of it and glad to promote it as much as we can. And, you know, knowing that Kyle and Rob are going to do a great job while Seth will still be, there, you know, probably to offer some help and some guidance, but to just post whenever he wants to, and hopefully feel Mm -hmm. less pressure to, you know, to post every single day or, you know, follow up on every single thing. So I think this is going to be a great thing. Like you mentioned, the other three podcasts are excellent. What the gauchos have done in a year and a half is nothing short of incredible to go from like five followers to like 15,000. Pretty good. It's pretty, pretty solid on the old Twitter. So we're, we're, we're glad to be 
on board with those guys. And they were kind enough, enough to call us the OGs of Texas Tech podcasting, which I like to think of it this way. Yeah, we may have been kind of the first one and or the longest running one. But I think a lot of people just heard us and were like, well, hell, I can do that. <laughs> you and know, then they and they started making their own. And, you know, maybe that's what happened. Maybe they said, well, shoot, I could do that just as good or better. So <laughs> more power to you. And who knows? They, we may have had no influence whatsoever, but I, I like to I'm not one to take compliments. Well, so um, I like to think that it's more of just if we influenced anyone at all, it was just we'll shoot. How hard can it be? These these guys can do it. Okay, so to be to be fair uh, about all this, we may be the longest, like of the current group of Texas Tech podcasts, we may be the longest running. But the guys that that the I saw that uh, that had a podcast like, hey man, I want to do that. Host about Kyle Jacobson. Yes, he had a podcast with Hunter Cook. That's right. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to do that. It, it it's it's full circle inception style he planted the seed then then to come back around and have his own uh, another uh sports podcast because I, I don't i don't believe it was texas tech specific no it was um, just wasn't it just called like flat earth something <laughs> i think so the flat earth society it had it, it was it was college athletics related but it wasn't texas tech anyways yeah we're all excited about this um everything i mean we're, we're going to be full on engaged with this group. Uh, crossovers galore. We've already talked about the C and Scarlet. Want to get together with those, uh, those gals, new podcast. Um, obviously we do a lot of work with, with gambling gauchos now. Uh, excited about even like next false pregame show, uh, because of the different things that are in motion now behind the scenes. Uh, the Rob Rowe college tailgate show, what that's going to look like yeah this fall um man all good things we have so much to talk about though um tonight we're gonna talk about bowl season not just texas tech uh big 12 new big 12 um how texas tech was carrying the banner for for the big 12 through the first two and a half weeks of bowl season <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about how much of a bitch Lane Kiffin is, uh, earmuffs kids. We're going to, we're gonna, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what it is about today. I am salty. I don't know where it came from, but like all day I've been just been like that mother. I don't have, I'm working on old technology, Michael. I had to go switch out boards. I'm using the, uh, the old podcast board that doesn't technically belong to me. Well, I was hoping for the phase three announcement to get some air horns. So that explains a lot. Well, sorry. Yeah. The, the new, the new podcast board that I was all excited about, I had to return it. Some kind of mm. glitch in the matrix software had a glitch in it. And with all the, the stuff we couldn't get it figured out, like you should just return it and get another one. I was like, yeah, that's probably simple enough, but I don't want to buy a new one until they had issued the refund. Cause that's, you know, yeah, it's a good chunk a little of change bit of, just floating out there. A little bit of coin to float. Um, so waiting on that refund to hit, then I'll, I'll, I'll purchase it. Anyways, I don't have the bleep button. The longest way to tell you I don't have that button on hand now that I can't just say mother... F- <laughs> and just bleep it out. Um, anyways, just earmuff warning uh, tonight because 
we're going to talk about Lane Kiffin and how much dick he can eat. <laughs> talk about the, uh, the the bowl game itself, the actual game on the field. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the points we talked about pregame, uh, red zone efficiency, turnovers, and then we've got a lot of basketball to talk about. We There was um, two two games, a third one in progress now to talk about that have already happened or in progress of happening. There was a scheduling news tidbit that got dropped last night. Um, home and home, starting with uh, an, an away game at Madison Square Garden, which is going to be freaking awesome. And then we got two games to preview to catch up so we can be, <laughs> we can be current. <laughs> Or we're going to preview Oklahoma, which will be Saturday, and then Iowa State, which will be next Tuesday. So strap in, buckle up. This may be a two-hour endeavor, but we're going to start with football. Michael, are you ready to do that? I am ready. Let's do it. Chuck keeps himself. Escape and that picked off. Back to back turnovers and water. One of the other ways. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price. 39 yards for the score. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw again. That's a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side. To the five. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. At 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh my God! Can you believe that? Wow! All right. The only thing I thought about during that, Michael, I'll need to cut a new highlight reel for this season, the season that just finished, because our Red Raiders, they are our Red Raiders, Michael, won eight games in this season for the first time in too many years. <clears throat> they finished... Nine. Nine years. Yeah, that's too many. They finished on a four-game win streak, which was awesome. You did it the brand way. Mass kicks ass. You didn't. You didn't just outscore people by like, um, getting it into shootouts. You won low, low scoring games. You won high scoring games. You did what you needed to do to win games at the end of the season, and that has not been the case. Uh, in fact, it's been the other way around. You've you've typically been on the the losing end of games uh, towards the end of the season, and it's just it's so refreshing to see that tide turning and what everything that Joy McGuire was able to do in year one. Just fantastic. Love it. Um, I don't, I don't love on the principle of it. Uh, first year extensions, but it's hard to, 
it's hard to argue with the direction and progress we're seeing. Um, I get that he was on the lower end, lower spectrum on the, on, on the pay range there, uh, which you can understand as, as a first time college head coach. Now that I think we've seen proof of concept, Kingsbury or not Kingsbury. Uh, okay. like, let's, let's Ooh. pay the man, uh, you know, commensurate with, you know, the, the direction and trend we're seeing. And then if it continues to go well, like we'll pay him again. Like there's no, there's no, there's no rule that says we can't give him a raise again or an extension again. So love that. Yeah, I, I was, I kind of had those mixed feelings at first because that's exactly what happened with Kingsbury. He went eight and five. It, I can't remember the timing of Kingsbury's extension, if that was before or after the bowl game. But I mean, I thought it was, wasn't it almost uh, like I, 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 I'm, wasn't it mid season? Oh, it may have been, it may have been, it may have been when they were like seven and zero oh or something. So that one, yes. If we're going to look back in history in that regard, it did not work out that season because he obviously won seven and zero, then went zero and five. Um, and this goes completely against what you just said, which is Tech actually finished strong this season and probably had the strongest finish they've had. That's something I should have looked up. You know, when was the last time Tech did this well in the last five games? And I don't know if we've seen that since. 09 or 08 um I'd, I'd need to look into it and see but usually it's it's not very good so uh what they were able to do and how they were able to finish the season it's got me rethinking it a little bit i was i was trying to be that kind of contrarian honestly the devil's advocate and think oh well this wasn't okay when we did it for kingsbury but now all of a sudden it's okay and then you kind of start you step back a little bit and you go well okay i think it is um and you look at the recruiting class what he was able to do uh, in barely a calendar year well for, he, 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 for, he, for, for the 2023 class it started when he took over in matt wells's class and what he did what he did to sign that first class back in february sure of 2022 and then I would even call it like I, I don't I would even say this is his first full class. It's been like the first year cuz guys are usually recruited sophomore and junior years. These are seniors at this point. So the 20 this the class that will sign in 2024 will technically I think you can consider McGuire's first full recruiting class. Right. But if he's able to sustain and continue to build on the trend and success he's had already, that could just be just out of this world. Uh, the uh, contract extension for Kingsbury happened days before the start of his second season. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. So they did it, I guess, in August. Yeah. Of 2014. 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, and that's, that's where I'm at right now. You know, having been to the, the game in Houston, getting to see that in person getting to experience that. Um, I, I remember where I was after the holiday bowl in Kingsbury's first year, I was immediately just pulled in thinking, Oh gosh, tech's about to take off. Oh, this me too. Great. And that is the last time I felt that. And I, I told myself I'd never feel that way again, intentionally, whether it's 
<laughs> whether there's reason to feel that way or not, because then I think Tech went four and eight. Yep. Or they won five games. I forgot what it was. Missed a bowl game for the first time in, I don't know, 20-something years. But that was – oh, no, no, no. Because uh, – no, that's that's right. No, because Tupperville had missed one, I think. Anyway, um, I'm not there now. I'm, I'm not, like, irrationally excited about the next year like I was when – Tech won the Holiday Bowl, but I can tell you I'm pretty darn excited. Uh, you know what we saw Shuck do these last games. I mean, as as a starter, I think he's lost one game, and that and he didn't finish that game. Um, the dude plays, man, and he plays hard. Uh, he makes mistakes, sure he does, but I completely respect what he was able to do especially in the bowl game, um, you know, coming back in, in the end of the year, getting thrown into some really weird say, situations late in games, making some poor decisions. But when he's the guy that s- starts for you, he does so much better and he's able to move the ball some more and uh, is an impressive guy. And he announced that he's coming back mm-hmm. so with, the, with Smith. Yeah. And with Smith game. gone, it, you know, I, I feel like Smith's presence was missed a lot in the red zone. I think Kitley was trying to get a little bit too unique in there. You know, like the, I don't know, a screen to your tight end on the outside when your wide, wide receivers can't block anybody. I, it's just Baron Morton was out there for whatever reason. But, um, you know, I do think Smith we will miss him. And I missed him during that game thinking, man, if he was in, I think these red zone plays would have gone much smoother. Tech might've really rolled, uh, getting some things going early, but yeah, I, I, I felt I'm I'm excited about next year without trying to be without thinking, Oh, well, we're going to win nine, 10 games next year. I'm I'm not trying to go into it like that either. Yeah. I, I, I felt we don't know who we're playing post game. Yeah, that's true. We don't have the schedule yet. We have our, our non-conference schedule. Um, but yeah, at, at Wyoming host, Oregon host, Tarleton state. I wish we'd get away from the FCS games, but I, I, I remember feeling post game. Like we, we missed an opportunity just to absolutely bury old miss. Um, mm-hmm. We, we should have scored at least three more touchdowns or you had those point you had the opportunities to convert some more of those drives into touchdowns in a game where you still beat them by 17 and it wasn't even that close um, because the entire game like even the, the the commentators were were commenting on it or touching on it just how much more physical Texas Tech was than Ole Miss and that's not something that you've seen before. We've, you know, we've talked about in years past how, you know, you've, you didn't get off the bus. There are games you just lost because of the name on the jersey on the opposing team. You know, you got mentally defeated before the game even started or all this kind of stuff. The patch, you know, the, the, the conference patch on the opposing team. Um, that, that's just not a thing anymore. And it's been great to see. Um, you know, when we were previewing the game and we were looking at their their running backs, like if we could just slow them down enough, 
you held them a hundred yards under their season, season average. You made all world freshman Judkins. Yeah. He would averaged six yards per carry in the season until like the, the fourth quarter was average like a yard, a yard, 1.1 yards per carry. Uh, Zach Evans got the start. I think it was because, you know, he's back home in Texas, back in, in Houston and playing a familiar opponent. Even he didn't do all that well to start off. You just, you in, in, imposed your will. Um, you changed the mentality of that team. Uh, you definitely changed the mentality of Lane Kiffin. I think he got in his own way when he was going up against Texas Tech and, and Joy McGuire thinking, I have to go for it and forward down a lot. That they absolutely made a ton of wrong decisions on fourth down. Like they went for it on fourth down on their own 11. They, they had a yeah. fake punt that like everybody in the entire world read it before. Like the entire punt team was ready for it. They, they weren't in a punt block formation. They weren't in a punt return formation. They were almost in a regular defensive alignment when they ran that fake punt. Like as much as I railed on Kenny Perry and special teams this year. I'm sorry. I'm still getting over an illness as much as I railed on them. Like they just were, were absolutely prepared for that. Um, you just, you just out schemed them. You outdid everything they want to do. They, they tried to get fancy and to, to match you in your aggression and they just couldn't do it. So, no. well, and they had, you know, the first, um, I think what was it that first drive that Ole Miss had? They went for it on fourth and it was fourth and long, if I remember right. Yeah, I'm trying to find it like fourth and seven or nine, and I don't know if they'd crossed midfield yet or it was really close to that. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think they came in thinking, "Hey, we're going to be aggressive. Tech's going to be aggressive." And yeah, it was fourth and seven on Texas Tech's 38 yard line, so they had just crossed midfield. And they went for it and turned the ball over. So if right there, opening drive, opening kickoff, I thought, I'm not sure what analytics would say to do that. Oh, On opening I have drive, that fourth. <laughs> I have that chart. It says to punt. Yeah, fourth and seven on the opposing teams. Yeah, you, you, you got across midfield. Good for you. But come on. You know, it was 12 minutes and 33 seconds left in this first quarter and they've already turned the ball over. Yeah. Two of seven on the day for fourth down on Ole Miss. I, I, I do think they were trying to match what tech does in that area. Texas tech has the most fourth down attempts in the country by far. Uh, I, I can't remember the numbers exactly, but Texas tech has 52 or 53 attempts on the season. And I think the next closest one's Baylor and they're in the forties. So this is what they do. They came in knowing that and thinking maybe that would throw off this defense. It did not. Uh, it could have, if Kiffin would have called some different plays or something, but yeah, if he called just, the first down I, that play. Just, yeah, that stuck with me like crazy, you know, fourth and seven, fourth and seven scores zero, zero. What are you doing? But I guess, you know, I kind of get, it. it's kind of hard to punt from that area too. It's too long to, to attempt a field goal. Maybe not too long, but pretty long. Uh, That's 55 yards, man. Yeah. So I'm sure their fans were beside themselves on that. Um, 
you know, that that's just one of the instances, but this was a complete dis- dismantling by this Texas tech team. Uh, they did whatever they wanted. Like you said, it really could have gotten more out of hand had they been a little bit more successful in the red zone and, you know, Ole Miss was able to finally start moving the ball a little bit, but it took a while. I was, I was really concerned about these running backs. And like you said, they just, you know, 23 attempts for 91 yards for Judkins. The kid's incredible. He is a really, really talented back. This is a really good offensive line and tech without Tyree Wilson mm-hmm. completely controlled this, this game up front. Yeah. The, Speaking of the uh, red zone, uh, Ole Miss, when they had the ball uh, in the, on the on the season, were 99th in the FBS, converting 79.7% of their red zone attempts. Against Texas Tech, they were 4 for 5, so 80%. They were held to their season average. Um, Sorry, there, there was just a loud noise in the house. I'm making sure everybody's okay. <laughs> uh, the Tech Tech defense, obviously, they, they gave up 80%, where had they, they had been giving up 73.6%. And then the the flip side, when Tech Tech had the ball, uh, a point where um, the way it played out should have been a, an advantage for Ole Miss. Texas Tech was six of eight in the red zone for 75%, where they had been 92%. Um, that was a huge disparity there from their season average to the actual game. But I mean, had Texas Tech scored 92% of their red zone drives against Ole Miss, like, like we've, we've hammered this point, that would have been a bloodbath. Uh, turnover margin, you forced five turnovers. This is not even counting the fourth down attempts which were good as any turnover, especially like when you consider that fourth and whatever it was uh, from their own 11. Um, I mean, my goodness, you, you did end up having, um, you had three of your own turnovers. So you were, you were still plus two in the turnover margin for the game. Um, but on the season, you were you were minus nine, so you you moved up to plus or sorry minus seven on the season. Uh, Ole Miss went from plus one to to minus one. That was you know obviously being plus two in the game was was huge. Um, wish you wouldn't have thrown that interception in the end zone. Um, but you know it is what it is. Well, there's another you know possible touchdown drive right there. Just as as good as Tech did. They, they could have even done better. And that's what's so crazy about this game. I think we're all, I don't think anyone's upset. <laughs> and no one's like, well, you know, I'm really ticked off that Tech didn't get 55 on them or whatever. No, no one's saying that. But this was just how dominating the game was and how well uh, they were able to put it together. How well McGuire and his staff had these guys ready to play. I mean, they came out playing and, and no one can say, no one can pull the old, well, Ole Miss didn't want to be there. Crap. You don't get that many targeting penalties, that many personal fouls, that many plays reviewed for targeting. If you don't want to be there, these guys were playing hard. Everybody was, 
And so there's none of that. You know, Ole Miss didn't have, we talked about it last week. They were really thrilled that they didn't have any of the guys sit out for the combine mm-hmm. for the draft. Uh, the, the few guys that entered the portal were pretty similar to the guys that entered the portal on tech side. Uh, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of exceptions, but for Ole Miss, it was mostly guys that didn't have a huge contributing role over the year. So they, they were a, f- a pretty full team as full, if not full as tech. And they had guys that were, they were playing hard. I mean, they kept playing hard at the end. Poor Dart, man. I felt like they should have. He probably should have kept, stopped playing. <laughs> they should have stopped playing. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was playing so hard and that's what they were telling him to do. But that, you know, that last quarter, that was kind of brutal to watch him, you know, almost get knocked out of the game a couple times in garbage time, basically. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, I get players wanting to play. So anyway, none of that narrative is going to fly. Um, but just to see Tech do this to a uh, sure SEC, that's a big deal, whatever. But it's a power five opponent. It's opponent who I kind of think is, quote unquote, on par with Texas Tech as far as terms of money into the program, possibly facilities. I don't know. Uh, but to just take them down as much as they did to, to see Ole Miss fans just leaving at halftime and not coming back, making it really easy for me to leave the parking lot when it was time for me to come back <laughs> for me that to leave. I mean, that, real considerate that was, of them. That was beautiful. I, I just appreciated the sportsmanship there to look across the field and just see, you know, so many empty open seats. Um, I can't, I, I don't know. It was, a, it was a really fun atmosphere. It was exciting. I've got a lot of food takes to share, so I'm going to sprinkle one in right now. Okay. Hot dog was just, the hot dog was ass. <laughs> okay. It was the worst. It was just so terrible. I mean, the, the $3 dog or the dollar dog or whatever you get at any Texas Tech game is better than the one that I got at Energy Stadium. And it was supposed to be at this place that was a, a quote-unquote H-Town classic. And so I'm kind of glad I don't remember the actual name of the place. Cause I don't want, I imagine if you went to their actual restaurant in Houston, it would be much better. But yeah, this was like a gray, a gray hot dog. The proportions were weird. Ooh. Just duh. none of that. Anyway, good. no, none of that was good. And the, and the way our day was, we planned, we're like, okay, we, we don't really have any time to eat dinner because we're dropping our six year old off with our friends in Cyprus. And then we're going to the game and we've just got to go straight there. And I'm telling you, we were standing, waiting to get to our seat when the national anthem started. And so we were maybe three minutes in our seat, three minutes before kickoff. I mean, it was just, it seemed Close. like it was, it yeah. all happened really fast. We barely <laughs> made it. So we're like, okay, we're just going to eat the stadium. And yeah, it was, it was, tor- it was horrible. Don't, uh, don't plan on eating a, a hot dog at energy. So I'll, I'll stop there. But did you did you have more you wanted to talk about that game, or did you want to yeah. move on to well, I mean, bowl or well, see, you, you you've talked about sportsmanship, you've talked about hot dogs. Oh, of course, like this is all just just perfect uh, segue into just what a giant bitch Lane Kiffin is. <laughs> um, their team was getting pounded so badly. He turned from uh, he just he just made outlandish and stupid comments that absolutely have no 
bearing on 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 the game itself except for they were embarrassed they they thought they were just going to roll and be able to beat little old texas tech and uh they just got their asses demolished and they were whining about it their players were pissed there was this little dust up towards the end of the game um you know when this was following the the fumble when their the receiver caught the ball and then uh the f- fumble was forced and then recovered by texas tech um Ole Miss had two personal foul calls against them. Uh, Lane Kiffin was confused somehow or just found a, a convenient scapegoat. Like, well, they have a number 11 that was in there too. Uh, so it should have been called on them. And then he then he lobbed uh, the, the most asinine outlandish claims post-game that that black player of, of Texas Tech made some kind of racial slur against a black player of Ole Miss. Like what, what, what kind of moron think thinks that's even remotely possible? Um, that, you know, Kiffin didn't even think he said possibly (laughs) like, I guess to his credit, he did have enough qualifiers. I'm like, well, if it didn't happen, he's like, well, I didn't say it happened. But that's, that's almost worse, but he, it's almost worse. He still if said you're enough. Say something like "stand by it." Say you know, it with your chest, no. man. Yeah, no. I heard it. I heard it. This is this is. I mean, if you're going to throw something around like that, don't leave room for. Well, possibly. I said, well, he might have used a racial slur. Holy crap! No. Well, you know, he might have shot a guy. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. This. He also he claimed. Did didn't. That's a big claim, man. You don't just float that around. Also claimed that maybe one of his players got spat on. Uh, oh sure, maybe so much so that he he took him to the ref to show him like, look, this he's not crying. He got spat on. I was like, one like the where is where are this where are this player's balls at that he's gonna let his coach like, look, man, he's not he's crying. Look at the tears on his face because something <laughs> mean was said to him. Like he tried to use moisture on this man's face for two different outlandish claims that he was spat on, but also he was so upset because there was a racial slur said. Like you're not even keeping your own story straight, man. But of course, just, like there, there, there's no way to to prove what he said or to disprove. But the burden of proof is obviously on the on the accuser, right? But there, there's not going to be yeah. any any follow up on, on their end because it, whatever. It just it's gonna it's gonna continue to play out that uh, Texas Tech and fans and players or whatever are classless and they're gonna say, well, look at this time that they their players were making racist comments in a bowl game and spitting on people. And it's like, nah, man, that wasn't true then. It's not true now. It's never true. Uh, yeah. there, there's been no retraction or, or clarification on their part. McGuire and Dimitri Moore, the player on the Texas Tech side that was involved in the, the I guess you call them allegations, you know, immediately made a comment. I think they were even still traveling when that, that uh, their statement was released. I was like, yeah, that, that's not even remotely possible thing that could have happened and whatever. It's not a thing. Well, I'm so, just surprised more, you know, during this racial barrage and just the spitting that he wasn't able to unleash that, that pocket full of triple A's that, you know, every football player and every Texas tech fan carries just all these double A batteries just flying throughout the air all over the old Miss sideline. Just more of this crap, more frozen water bottle crap, more of the same stuff that didn't happen. Yeah. I, I did. I did really appreciate that McGuire did not mince words. 
and said that he is, quote, disappointed and opposing head coach decided to insinuate serious allegations that are false and irresponsible, end quote. And these are serious to insinuate that someone used a racial slur, Mm -hmm. but then have no proof and then walk it back when anyone starts questioning you on it. That's chicken shit, man. Yeah. That's just, that's just someone who's mad. And what's so bad is this overshadows the really cool thing. And you, you mentioned it too on the instant reaction. I know everybody's seen it, but (laughs) the guy behind me yelled it in my ear like nine times. So (laughs) the the really cool thing that they did at the beginning of the play where Texas tech lined up in a formation, very similar to what Mike Leach did back in the air raid days, really wide O-line splits. Mm -hmm. The guy behind me was losing it. The white splits, white splits. This is for Leach. This is for Leach. I mean, he just screaming at the top of his lungs. (laughs) Like, dude, we just started this game. Don't be that guy. Um, but he was right. And then, of course, Ole Miss declined the penalty. Hey, great. You know, good job, both of these guys acknowledging Leach. Kiffin was has been very vocal. He was at the service. Good on him for that. But then, you know, to kind of come out with that type of united front and then for this stuff to happen at the end of the game was just really disappointing. And, um, you know, I, I tweeted during the middle of the game, I think Kiffin called a timeout right after a injury timeout or something. And I was like, ah, he's a great troll. And then he does something like this and you're just like, yeah, still just nothing to, to back this up whatsoever. Aside from just mad that his players were getting their tails kicked for the fifth time in six games. Mm -hmm. All right. With that, Michael, I think, I think we should move on to basketball. Okay, I'm cool with that. All right, let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Coleman. Can a crowd strip by Owens? Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes! Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into two. Good. Who puts it down? Already. Odiasi. Throw bars it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. All right, game update. It's two minutes or so. Kansas just called a timeout. Texas Tech has gotten the game within 371-68 after two made free throws by our boy, Pop Isaacs. Uh, apparently, his dad's in town. He's having a great time. <laughs> I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or not, Michael, but... Oh, I do. He's okay. he's a must-follow. Everyone look up Richard Isaacs. Give him a follow. You'll learn some things. <laughs> You'll learn... Uh, some of the spots here in Lubbock. Yes, Um, some hot spots. O'Banner, after Saturday's no-show, is just going off. I think he's got 21 points, at least 21. I think the last time I saw he said 21. 
Uh, He's got 24. 24. Yeah. So 71, 68, 207 left. O'Banner with 24 points. Let's go. All right. Um, as this game is going to wind down, we're going to touch on the Washington uh, hit a jumper down by one. <laughs> eight, one run in the last minute. 50 Kansas has the ball on my stream. So they're going to miss this. Oh my gosh. Just getting absolutely You're gonna miss this. Yep. You're gonna want there's Washington with the back. ball. Oh, a floater in the lane. Oh, it was beautiful. Let's go. All right. Um, gone by so fast. <laughs> schedule uh tidbit. St. John's and Texas Tech have agreed to a home and home starting next season, starting in Madison Square Garden, and then the return trip will be the 23-24 season. Nope, 24-25 in Lubbock. Uh, St. John's, I mean, my goodness, this is a team that, you know, we've played before, uh, usually really good games with them. You've met them in uh, non-conference tournaments. I think you met them in the NIT a few years ago. Um, oh, oh, Banner. My God, dude. Uh, sorry, he just hit a, a layup, 72-73. Right, um, so we talked about how just atrocious the Texas Tech non-conference scheduling has been. We get the a few random preseason, early season tournaments, um, but a home-and-home home with a, a, a good basketball team. You'd love to see it. So before this game, um, you were 10 and three on the season. We're going to do some quick updates. We are going to add a fourth <laughs> ranking to track uh, because it's just, it's important to, to, to keep your pulse, your finger on the pulse of the net rankings, especially as we consider is Texas Tech good enough to be a, a tournament team. Um, according to net rankings, you're, you're top 50. All 10 big 12 teams are in the top 50 which is just outstanding. Texas Tech is 42. They are 0-3 in quad one games, though. That's unfortunate. They have not played a quad two or quad three game, and they are 10-0 in quad four games. Ooh, there you go. That's going to get you. <laughs> but you need some more quality. You need quad one. When, and like you may, you like the rest of your schedule may be quad one games because uh, if everybody's to top 50, um, but they don't, they don't want you to know what a quad one game is. Ken Palm, no. you did you did bump up a couple spots even after the loss to, to TCU. You were 30, 33rd. You're up to 31st. Offense dipped a little bit from 54th to 61st. Defense did go up 27th to 22nd. Haslametrics uh, slid you up nine spots, 45th to 36th. Um, offense went up from 79th to 65th. And, oh, here we go. Sorry, I, I I know you're you're probably way ahead. Uh, Kansas missed a shot. Thirty seconds to go. Twenty five seconds to go. Tex Tech has the ball down by one. Down by one. Calls a timeout. Um, has the metrics defense stayed at thirty third? T rank slid for you moved up one spot. Thirty second to thirty first. Offense moved up from ninety to eighty fourth. Defense stayed at twenty first. So they're all pretty close. Uh, your resume is just not very good. You just, you got just an absolutely trash non-conference schedule. The few good teams you've played, you've lost to. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got 18 big 12 games to bolster that resume. Uh, you had one on Saturday 
stupid that you were playing as well as you were. You had an 11 point lead at halftime and then you ended up losing that game. Um, I mean, you just, it, it was just disappointing, right? Cause you should have won that game. You were in position to win that game. Um, you were playing your style all through the first half and then TC was able to flip that on you and they were able to, they were able to do what they wanted to do, which was to turn you over and get in transition. Uh, Cause in the half court, you were just absolutely dominating that game. But when, when they were able to get, get out and run, they were able to do, like I said, that's, that's what they wanted to do. Uh, so you lose that game. You is a projected loss. Anyways, according to has the metrics 69, 66, you end up losing the game 67, 61, Tonight's game, like I said, uh, I don't know if Michael's ahead yet or if he knows the outcome. Don't tell me. Uh, but Texas Tech is down by one with 25 seconds to go. Haslametrics uh, did project this as a loss as well, 72-68. Uh, that was the latest update from today. Kansas is third in the AP poll. Um, Texas Tech is on a 12-3 run the last three and a half minutes so far this game, which has just been fantastic. Um you got a 1.1 second difference in the shot clock. Michael just ruined it. <laughs> one, no, I haven't ruined anything yet. <laughs> one second difference between the shot clock and the game clock. Um, don't shoot that. Box, oh okay? man. Oh man. Of all people. <sighs> You'll see it. See, I'm seeing the summary in stat broadcast and then you're going to see it live and then I'm going to see it live. Because streaming is so weird and dumb. I have no idea why. Oh, look. Like, Two Texas Tech players absolutely demolished by Kansas and no whistles. Because, you know, Bill Self bitched like, and whined for 30 seconds <laughs> to start the game when they were losing. Bacho may have broken a finger. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, that was a reach in and he got tackled. What the fuck are they uh, looking at? Uh, <laughs> Like Pop Isaac was absolutely demolished on his drive and nothing. Bacho, to his credit, was chasing down whatever his name is, 24 that dunked it. Adams. Yeah, another Adams. But um the color is getting credited with the steal. That's what hurts. Fuck that guy. One of the, they one absolutely of the raked him across the arm. So, yeah, dude, his Oh, and McCuller, why, McCuller doesn't get the steal. He just was in the right place at the right time. Abacho's hand is jacked up, dude. It, he may have dislocated the oh, finger, maybe broken. They got like four guys blocking the camera, but they're working Ugh. on the sideline. Yeah, okay. Well, I will not, I will not be watching because uh, that is... Yeah, okay. So look, um, here comes Isaacs. Yeah, Adams Ooh. absolutely like just hit him across the arm and then oh man Fardaz Amac was like looking over at what they're doing to Bacho and, and he, he was yelling. freaking out yeah so they put they put a couple seconds back on the clock seven seconds left Texas Tech down by three so it's not over um we'll uh we'll, well let this game play out before we get to we'll see if Kansas fouls if they're up three. Oh, Jalen Wilson tackled Bacho from behind uh, even before Isaac's drive, like that whole offensive possession, Kansas was able to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And, and, and the refs just like, well, it's the Jayhawks. Ball don't lie. 
Man, Bacho, did you see how fast that man got down the field? The field. Yeah, he I was switched to basketball mode. Galloping. He was moving, man. He cleared out some space. Bacho just cleared out a little space. Well, I guess they're saying that number 10 for Kansas slipped. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to watch this replay. Yeah, he <sighs> slipped backwards well, as he pulled Bacho down. What an absolute fucking disgrace. These refs should just learn a different profession. My God. That's, that's <sighs> pitiful and pathetic that that's how that game is going to end. All right. So Texas Tech falls. 75-72. Kansas. 75-72. Like, absolute cluster of an of a offensive possession with multiple fouls that could have been called, whether it was on Bacho when Jalen Wilson pulled him down backwards um, or the three guys that collapsed on Pop Isaacs, McCuller, KJ Adams, or the other dude. Is it KJ Adams? Yeah. It is KJ Adams. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember thinking early in the game, I was like, that's not confusing at all. KJ Adams yeah. and KJ Allen. I know. I thought, okay, let me just make sure that's right. Good Lord. Uh, so where were we? <laughs> we? We knew this game was oh. going to be tough, right? Uh, and and it always is against Kansas and the refs. Like, I don't know how many times you have to you have to explain that eight on five is just not a, a, a winning measure it's difficult to win eight on five in basketball it's proven again true tonight i will credit i, just, I don't Tech. understand how they, they swallow their whistle there like you had so you had two or three opportunities to call a foul i don't even know if they were in the bonus so i don't think it would have even been like a crazy you know why they weren't in the bonus michael uh, Let's see. Because Kansas, Kansas doesn't foul, apparently. They're just, they're, well, they're angels. They, I, I can't keep up with it. It says Kansas had seven fouls in the second half, but I don't know if they fouled after that. I don't think they did. So I guess it would have been in the bonus that they blew their whistle. Oh, well. All right. On to, on to OU. We got to focus on OU. Yeah, we got to focus on OU. Otherwise, right. this is all for naught. <laughs> um, Hosting the Sooners this upcoming Saturday, 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. It's a projected win, at least when I did the notes this afternoon. 67.7 to 65.77. Oklahoma so far in the season is 9 and 4. They, nope, they're 9 and 5 because they lost tonight. 0 and 2 in conference play. They lost their first conference game to a, no, sorry, they didn't play tonight. They play tomorrow. They're 9 and 5. Shut up, Spencer. (laughs) <laughs> Read the notes. Nine and four, zero oh and one. Their first conference game was a one-point loss to Texas at home. They will host Iowa State, who looks way better than we thought they would. They host them on Wednesday. The team is led by senior guard Grant Sherfield, number twenty-five, six-two, two hundred, eighteen points per game, forty-seven percent from the field, fifty-two percent from three on sixty-nine attempts. So it's not like it's. Uh, He's hitting 50% of his threes on 10 attempts and 88% from the free throw stripe. You have to scheme this guy out of the game. 
That's, Absolutely. That's it. Whoever, whoever is on the coaching staff that has the scout for this game, it's Sherfield. That is the exact player that is designed to be Texas Tech. Well, you saw Kansas had like three of those guys tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's usually how that works. I mean, they were, they shot 40. Let me see where it was. They finished at 46% from three. They were, I think 50 or above at one point, 49% from the field. That's what's so frustrating. Kansas shot 49%. Tech shot 47 from the field. Kansas shot 46 from three. Tech shot 48 to play that well offensively and still come up short. Sorry, go ahead. Back to OU. I'm not focused on OU. I'm, I'm still. Uh, <laughs> Groves are, <sighs> are they brothers or twins? I wrote them as twins. The brothers, the they're, they're at least brothers. Uh, right. They are, they're shooting, they're scoring 10.2 and 10.7 points per game. Tanner and Jacob respectively. Tanner's shooting 60, sorry, 56% from the field, 29% from three. So he's not the three point shooter of the duo. Jacob though is 51% from the field, 45% from three. Um, as a team, they are scoring 69 points per game and allowing teams to score 61 and a half. Um, they do it on greater than 50% shooting from the field. Uh, holding opponents to 42%. Um, they've got a, a pretty good three-point defense. They they do shoot just under 40% from three, but keep teams to just uh, just under 27%. They're not great at the free throw line, 71.5%. They don't really out-rebound you, 315 to 29.2. Uh, they don't commit a lot of turnovers. They don't force a lot of turnovers. Um, but they are negative in that aspect. They, they turn the ball over more than they first force turnovers. They turn it over 12 and a half times a game to the opponents, 10.7. And then those with greater basketball knowledge will have to tell me how meaningful of a stat the assist to turnover ratio is, but it is 1.1 in their favor and they hold opponents to 0.9. So that seems, that seems, um, notable Texas tech for reference, uh, scoring 80 points per game and allowing teams to score just under 63. They do it by shooting 50.4% from the field and holding opponents at 39 and a half. They shoot 36 and a half, 36.7% from the field and allow teams shoot 30.2. That number is going to go up a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. 71% from the, from the free throw line. Uh, do get a, a decent rebound advantage, 36 to 30. Um, you are positive in the turnover in that you force more turnovers than you you commit but you're still averaging almost 15 turnovers a game which is twice as many as you need to be turning over but you are forcing 17 turnovers per game and then your assist to turnover ratio is 1.1 as well same as oklahoma but your opponents are 0.7 texas tech heads 15 turnovers tonight (sighs) well that's average so um it is a like I said projected win according to Haslam metrics sixty seven point seven zero to sixty five point seven seven, close. They're all going to be like this, aren't they, Spencer? Yeah, uh, and oh. just a couple of points in either direction, because every team is in the top fifty in net rankings or Haslam metrics, whatever. Oklahoma is twenty eighth. Texas Tech is thirty sixth. So very very close. I think Iowa State may be the furthest back at fifty fourth. Uh, at least according to Haslam metrics, which we'll talk about next. 
even that game, it's projected as a one-point loss on the road for the Red Raiders up in Ames, Iowa. Um, now, they do it. What Iowa State does is they do it on the defense event. Uh, they're not so great offensively. They only score 71.4 points per game. They hold teams at 57.3 points per game. Uh, they only shoot 40. I say only. They shoot 46% from the field. They hold opponents at 38% from the field. They're not a three-point shooting team. 33.6% hold opponents at 30%. They don't shoot very well at the free throw line, 69%, just about. Um, there's no rebound advantage for them or the opponent. It's even just under 33. What they do, Michael, is they force a hell of a lot of turnovers. Oh, gosh, I'm just seeing that. They average forcing 21 turnovers a game and only turn the ball over themselves 13. So when you're creating eight more possessions just on turnovers, that's certainly going to help. Their assist-to-turnover ratio does reflect that. They are 1.3, and they hold opponents at 0.5. So this is going to be similar to playing their football team. Yeah, it's going to be a grind. Yeah, it's going to be a grind, and Tech's offense has got to overcome this defense and not be susceptible to committing 20 turnovers. Yep. So that game Tuesday night will be at 7 p.m. We'll, we'll be recording basically right as that game is going final. So you get your instant reaction and then your your upcoming episodes for that. So if you enjoyed the last 10 minutes of us stammering and going, what the hell just happened? <laughs> that'll be the beginning of the, the next, next episode. <laughs> um, Iowa State so far is 10 and 2 on the year. They are 1 and 0. Oh. Uh, in conference play, they have defeated they defeated Baylor pretty handily, 77-62 the other night. Um, they've played a hell of a schedule so far, and to be 10-2 is really impressive. Uh, they did lose to Iowa uh, pretty bad, 75-56. They defeated St. John's by 11. They lost to UConn, um, who is the top five program right now, but they, were, they lost by 18. They defeated, uh, at the time, number one, North Carolina by five. They defeated Villanova in overtime by two. Um, so they've got a pretty impressive resume at 10 and two, um, again, much better than I, than I thought they were going to be. Uh, they are led by senior guard, Jaron Holmes, number 13, six, four, two, 10, only scoring 13 and a half points per game, shooting only 38% from the field, 35% from three on just 40 attempts and 65% from the free throw line. It's more of a team effort with the Cyclones. Uh, the other guy to look out for is senior guard Caleb Grill, 6'3", 200, 10.7 points per game, 43% from the field, 37% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. No other guy averages more than 10 points a game, but you've got guys like Gabe, uh, is it Gabe? Croucher? Whatever. I don't know. It's it's that that guy. And then um, Alex Kuntz. Kuntz. Um, guys that have been with that program for, for a little while that have proven to be good at basketball and give you problems. So uh, you got another opportunity to get back on the winning side this weekend at home versus Oklahoma. Um, this, this non, this non-conference, this conference schedule. Now that we're into that is going to be just a, just a beating get nine in nine out. Um, Kansas state, man, they went on the road in Austin they put up 54 first half points against the Longhorns in Austin tonight. Um, they were they had a pretty good lead. I don't know if they ended up winning that game. The second half looked like the Horns were coming back, but as picked to be the last team in the Big 12, 
Uh, obviously, if they're in the top 50 net rankings, they're, they're, they're a tournament team. At least right now, they're, they look at Jerome Tang coming from Baylor. He's doing good things for them. Yeah, what's up? Score, score update in Austin. Kansas State with 57 minutes, or minutes 57 Ooh. seconds left. Check out this score. Up 112 to 103. So defense is out the window now. Yeah, Texas has scored 63 points so far in the second half. Good lord. They have roared back. I mean, they're still down they're still down by 9, but um 63 points in the second half. That's yeah. scary. Even if they lose, that's scary. Yeah, well, good job. You, good job K-State. The Redditors will get to con- contend with that next Saturday, the 14th in Austin. That's the next conference game that we'll talk about next week, get you the preview there. Uh, but this week, obviously you lost tonight to Kansas. You've got a game Saturday against Oklahoma here at home, 6 PM. And the next Tuesday night in Ames against Iowa state. Michael, where, where are you at so far? Um, with this team this season? I'm, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I'm just, I, I would say that my expectations have adjusted. I think we kind of, glossed over that a little bit during this last stretch where tech was playing some just some not quality opponents. Um, and sure. Yeah. The tech was getting in triple digits, three games in a row, all that kind of good stuff, but I wasn't buying into it. And you know, what we saw in Maui probably worried me the most. And that kind of shocked me into, all right, here's, here's where I think this team's going to be. Hopefully middle of the big 12, hopefully make the tournament. Uh, that's still where I'm at. I, I think they still have that chance. The turn, the conference schedule is good. Okay. First off, sorry for cutting off there. My laptop battery died. A uh, very rookie mistake. Only five minutes <laughs> into this podcast. I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> so I'm on my phone. Um, but yeah, just this team, I, I, I think we may have gone in expecting too much. We may have gone in expecting Adams to, perform a miracle with a completely new roster. And so I would just say my, my expectations adjusted and I don't know if I'm going to be disappointed or upset or whatever. I'll, I'll kind of reserve that for the end of the year. But I mean, I'm sitting at this point, gosh, if tech gets 500 in the big 12, I think I'd be pretty impressed with that, uh, with the quality of the conference and, uh, you know, with what this team would have to do for that to happen, um, Bacho may have just injured his hand for the foreseeable future. We don't know. That's a really big part of how this team can do. He hasn't been 100% for a few weeks now. Um, but that, that's kind of where I'm at. I think my – I haven't lost shine on the team. I still think they're going to surprise some people. But I'm, I'm not over here thinking, oh, great, another Sweet 16 run. That's, that's not where I'm at. Where are you at, man? So I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm adjusting expectations. Uh, you know, I think you see results, especially like the one on Saturday where you let a game get away that you should have won. Um, much more so than tonight's results. And you're just like, man, I, I just, we're just not there yet. Um, you'd hope that the team can come together and, and, and get to tournament level play. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work in the conference part of the schedule because of just how piss poor the non-conference was. 
Uh, you you won you know all those quad four games, but you're now zero and four in quad one games. Um. Anyways, so I'm. I don't think I would be like super harsh on, on the team or on uh, Mark Adams uh, if this team, you know, is a little bit underperforms because you're missing, like, you you know, you mentioned Bacho. We haven't had uh, AMAC. Uh, some of the guys you, you were expecting to come in and compete and, and, and contribute have just not yet. Uh, you know, you brought in three-point shooters that aren't seeing the floor. You brought in scorers that get a couple minutes a game. Um, so... You know, it's just, I guess, one of those things. So, anyways, um, I do want to hear more of your uh, Houston food recap, Michael. With with the basketball oh, I, games, though, I I I think we should give predictions, projections. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if you can actually give how great of a prediction you can give for games. Besides, it's going to be close. You need to be. I hate to be as like basic as limit the turnovers, hit your free throws, hit your easy shots. But like, if you do that, which you're obviously more than capable of doing, you should be good in a lot of these games. If you do that and lose a game, that's one thing. So I'll I'll throw in one more rotate on defense. Yeah. Don't let the, uh, the obviously, yeah, the obviously hot three point shooter be standing there all, all by himself. Yeah, and don't let Grady Dick miss a three and then get his own freaking rebound at the lane. Don't don't do that type of crap. Yeah, just because you know you got to play them again. So yeah, we can get we can get some some food takes if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, you've got a whole list of them, so. I'll let I you know. start and I'll, I'll, I'll interject mine when I feel like I've got a spot that makes sense. Okay. Uh, my notes document is gone. So I'm just going to go off the cuff here. Well, do you hear I'll, I'll read them to, to you. How about that? Yeah. You team me up. Nico Nico's maybe the best Greek food I've, you've ever had. Oh my gosh. So we stayed, like I said, with, with, um, Allison's maid of honor. And so we stayed at their house and uh, they've been really close friends for a long time. That was the first person she met when she came to um, New Mexico from Kentucky for college. So the first person who cooked her Mexican food that she liked, she didn't think she liked Mexican food until uh, her friend cooked it for her. So um, anyway, they've been friends for a long time. And she took us to Nico Nico's excellent Greek food. Uh, I'm not the most, you know, renowned reviewer of, of Greek food, but I like it. And I like euros and I like the lamb and tzatziki and hummus and all that kind of good fun stuff. Well, we, we had pretty much all of it. We had everything you could think of. Uh, even the French fries were good. The, uh, my wife's friend got French fries that came with like this kind of oil that went on the fries, but also had feta cheese all over it. Um, they had a bakery there that made these little things. I forgot what they were called, but they were essentially donut holes. <laughs> this isn't doing it justice. They not they weren't really donut holes, but they were about that size. They were a little, a little puff pastry. 
Okay. And they were topped, they were topped with powdered sugar and then they were filled with enough honey to where when you popped it in your mouth, took a bite, like the honey just, just like filled your mouth. It's fantastic. So really great Greek food. Then that, that obviously the, reminds me of the time I was living in Germany and I, I experienced Turkish food for a, like, I, I think there's a lot of similarity and crossover there. Um, because the Duner, which is the Turkish word for a basically falafel or hero, um, with the shaved meat, usually lamb and the tzatziki sauce and the cucumber and the shredded cabbage. Oh my gosh. It's so good. There's, um, Motomedi here in town. Yeah, if you're interested yeah. in, in Mediterranean slash Greek food, like they, when I, when I ate there with my office the other day and it was like, I, I, it was probably a couple months ago, like took me back. I was like, this, this is, as I like, from what I remember, granted I was in Germany 12 years ago. Like, this is what I wanted. This is a, this is a, a dooner through and through. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah. It's in town. I mean, light bites really good. It's Greek to me is really good. Uh, Christakis, which has some of the best burgers in town, also has euros. Um, anyway, but I have to say, the baton has been passed to Nico Nico's as far as okay. the best I've, I've ever had. Uh, another place they took us to Guadalajara Hacienda for fajitas. The mm-hmm. Fajitas were excellent. You also said that you said, saw somebody famous there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want you. To, I want you to try to guess it. Um, so famous Major League Baseball player in Houston. So you're in Houston. I'm, I'm going to assume it was an Astro and somebody yes. that was recognizable eating Mexican food. But I don't, I, I don't want to take like the easy route and like go after one of their Hispanic players, but like Alex Bregman. Okay. No, here's, here's what I'll say. Um, former player. Lance Bergman. <laughs> no, I don't know. Who is it? Roger Clemens. Oh, Nice. He's yeah. in there getting his fajitas on. Yeah, he was. So he came into the bar and uh, the the folks we were with, our friends were, they're huge Astros fans. And they immediately like sat straight up at the table like, oh my God, that's Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens is here. What do we do? And so you eat your uh, dinner. <laughs> my, my wife's friend was like taking pictures covertly or trying to. And she sent me a couple and my wife didn't even get it. She's like, why did they send this awful picture of you and our daughter? And I was like, well, it's not a picture of us. <laughs> it's a picture <laughs> of the guy behind us. She's like, who? Like, how did you miss that whole conversation? So they were trying to figure out, should I go say hi? Do, do we do that? Because, you know, he had his Astros cap on and everything. I mean, they went to the World Series games, you know, both times. Um, they've, they're big fans. So it was just I don't know. It was cool to be around because I was like, oh, that's cool. And then to, to turn back and see them and they just were not letting it go. They were just enthralled with it. And so yeah. I was trying to think, oh, God, I guess that's kind of like if my homes walked somewhere, I would probably just, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Well, that, that, I mean, I have, I have, I have had a similar experience when I was eating at uh, Las Brisas and Kingsbury walked in and like held a re- recruiting dinner. <laughs> 
on pictures. the table behind me. I did the same thing. I took pictures over my shoulder because it was him. Uh, it was TJ Vasher. They were they were trying to recruit him to stay. Is what it was. So is it it that timeline? Was it Vasher? No. Uh, I, th- I feel like it was before Vasher. Yeah, it was another big time receiver that was like teetering on leaving the program. Anyways. Uh. Yeah, but like legit sat at the table. I could have touched their table. It was like we were that close. But that's the only time I've really ever seen somebody famous. I was like, <laughs> well, I, I think the, just it was just such a good food weekend. We stopped by Chapel Hill on the way out, which um, I got some sausages. I got some jalapeno and some garlic sausages that I threw on the, the good old Weber. Yeah. Yesterday sounds great. Windy day, yeah, it was. It was really good, and I was treated to some really solid old fashions. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the 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 guys we stayed with, I, I was just really impressed. I was like, okay, I've got to learn how you do this because he made old, some old fashions for me. He's like, and he was he was honest. He said they're pretty good. I know what I'm doing. And I was like, okay, great, man. Go, let's go for it. Do it. And they were, they were excellent. And so like he, he shaves a little piece of orange peel mm-hmm. and then like squeezes the orange peel to get some of the, I don't even know what you call that. It's not juice. It's like the, the Whatever. oil out of it. Yeah. The oil. Duh. And then he rubs that around the, the rim of the glass too. And then he has like, he had like this perfect amount of, simple syrup he uses and orange bitters and the regular Angostura, however you say that, those bitters. And he uses Buffalo Trace, which is an excellent bourbon, especially for the price, probably one of the best price bourbons you can find. And that's usually what he uses to make them. And then he also uses the big sphere of ice mm-hmm. so that it melts smoke really smoke the glass? No, he didn't do anything like that. And I told him, I said, I tried that once. I had a smoked old fashioned once and I didn't care for it. It just tasted like scotch and I don't like scotch that much. I said, but no, I did try it once just so that I said I would. And nah, I'm even if I was like, even if someone offered me one, I'd be like, no, thanks (laughs) up to that point. It's not like I would even be polite. I think I would just turn it down. So I was treated to that. His friend had just made some fresh beef jerky recently. And he sent me home with a baggie of that. They sent me home with like some candy. They sent me, they sent us home with chips and salsa from that restaurant, which was excellent. Uh, and they have like this green sauce, which is like a cilantro, lime, garlic kind of sauce, kind of reminiscent of Casa Herrera, but not really. If that makes any sense. So it was just been. a really, really good food weekend or week. Hey, so I, I want to throw in a, a food of mine. I know we talked about it going into the break. Uh, we ordered this smoked prime rib from Raider Red Meats. Did yes. not disappoint. Um, mm-hmm. The It comes fully cooked. So you just take it out of the package. Well, once it's thawed, you take it out of the package, you heat it up in the oven. Uh, the only thing that I would add to their instructions uh, is that you need to put a sear on it because what they do is basically have you put it in a pan with some water and you steam it. 
kind of, okay. but like, it's just, if, if you're looking for steak or the, 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 the prime rib experience, you, you do kind of need a little bit of crust on the outside. So what I did after I did that, I pulled it out and we have this little butane torch. I torched the outside and get some, uh, some crust on it. Cause I, I didn't want to fire up the grill and like have it blast the outside of it. So, and for like 10 minutes of use, that's like yeah. 40 minutes of work and <laughs> so much charcoal. Yeah. It's just <laughs> anyway. So that on, in terms of coming back, following up on a, on a food take, the smoked prime rib from Raider red meats slaps. And it's not as expensive as, as you would think it was only 65 and it came fully cooked and it was, yeah, it was enough really... to feed uh, the three of us adults. Grayson also had steak and we also had leftovers on it a couple of times. Yeah. That's really not a ton more expensive than just buying one and doing it yourself. If any, well, well the, the, the ones I was seeing at the store may have been a little bit bigger, but they were $63. It was like, it's the same price essentially. So somebody else can do it. Whatever. Anyways, that was for me. And then, uh, you, you hit a Bucky's kind of maybe. Oh, right. That was the other one. Okay. So just outside of Cyprus is what I found out was a Bucky's light. Um, I mean, just immediately outside of it. Now there's the giant one that's maybe 10 or 15 miles Northwest of Cyprus. But the one we hit up was just the closest one because we just needed to get, we need gas and ice and we were going to get breakfast and coffee just to get going on New Year's Eve driving back and got the gas. Just gas. gas was fine. Yeah. Good. Um, it's not what they're known the ice. for. Ice was cheap. <laughs> the ice was really cheap, which was great. Went in and coffee was mid. <laughs> okay. At best. Oh, it was, it was fine. I mean, I've had way better coffee at stripes. And then I was told in the gambling gauchos <laughs> parlay picadors discord channel. So no free ads, but if you want to join that, I really don't know how go to gambling gauchos, uh, Twitter, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. And you can get into this Discord thing. And we have like this whole food channel, which is, as you can imagine, mostly where I spend my time. Oh, yeah. That's where we and live. So I, set, I set up that day and they know my affinity for Allsup's and my uh, almost hatred for Bucky's because of Bucky's hatred of West Texas, how they'd rather put stores in Alabama and Georgia and the Carolinas or what have you than, um, you know, God forbid, Midland or Odessa have one. Or Big Spring. I think Big Spring would do just as good as, you know, whatever one they have in Florida. But I think um, I know that that shadows my judgment. And so I just told someone, hey, I'm going to Bucky's. What do you suggest? And someone said, all right, for breakfast, get the brisket egg taco. And I was like, you know what? I will. That sounds really good. I got it. They had just set them on the little warmer. They were pre-made. They had just set them on the little warmer, so I just pulled it off, opened it up, soggy-ass tortilla. I'm like, to the point where you're just like, how am I going to eat this? Because I think the eggs were fake. Oh, were they like that? They're rehydrated? I think the moisture from the eggs just completely ruined the tortilla. But the brisket was great. I mean, for gas station 
eight o'clock in the morning brisket, I had zero complaints on that brisket. So anyway, I went back into the discord and, you know, kind of moaned about it. Like, oh, yeah, this is soggy taco. And then another person, a different person said, well, you got to get a made to order. And I'm like, bitch, no, I don't. <laughs> if they've got a taco there, <laughs> it, I, don't, I don't need a cheat code to, right. to order a taco from the greatest convenience store in the lane. It's like, no, if, if they're selling them there, I'm not going to be the one who's, oh, well, it's your fault. Well, you should have got the one made to order. It's like, no, I've got my, I've got my family. We're just trying to get on the road, man. I'm not going to go over there and have someone make me a taco. Anyway. So that was if anybody sad. from uh Bucky's is listening, one, you need to fix your coffee. You need to, to figure out how to make some eggs in your, 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 your grill there. But also mm-hmm. if, if you're looking for some, some location research, I got it for you. You ready? Sweetwater. Oh, a 2084 split coming and going, whether you're going up to up 84 to Lubbock or just keep going there. That's where you put one in West Texas. That loves and that TA travel center would just implode upon itself. Yeah. No one would do it anymore. Nope. So there you go. And that, that loves is already getting run down. It's like three years old. Well, no, it's well, love it's is trash old. anyways. That loves is like eight years old. Cause it was there when we brought the U-Haul back when my mom moved. Anyways, uh, I went to the dentist today, Michael. Oh, fun. So there was a, there was a span in my life that I wasn't regularly going to the dentist. So when we went back, we, we, we got for whatever reason motivated. Samantha was like, we're going to the dentist and they found a ridiculous number of cavities in my mouth. I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. But did you have any pain? maybe some discomfort. It was rare. So like, again, so when they told me I had cavities, like, yeah, that that makes sense. I I, like, anyways, so had all those taken care of, um, went back in July for a cleaning. Perfectly good. There's no cavities, whatever. like, of course, because you just fixed them all. I go back today from every six months, right? They found five more. What? I was like, like, are, are my teeth just dissolving in my mouth or are y'all just making this crap up? Because like, I mean, they charge a hell of a lot of money to do this. And like my insurance covers a lot of it. Granted, like the five fillings will cost me $200 total to address. I was like, sure. <laughs> What's funny is after my appointment, they, they pulled me in, into like a consultation room and like, okay, here's, here's what's going to cost to do your fillings. It's like, you, you wanted me in a private room to talk about $200. I was like, it, were you ex- like, do you just not know? Like my insurance covers most of this. Like I, I, the, the prices you're charging are outrageous. <laughs> so if I didn't oh, have sure. insurance or if, if, if my dental insurance wasn't that great, it was like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's go ahead and start scheduling these. Like, what do you, what do you, what are we doing? Let's go. $200. Like I've, what are we doing? Anyways, my sister-in-law also like Samantha's family, they, they have like teeth of steel. Apparently they don't get cavities. Samantha had gone at, as long, if not longer than I had without going to the dentist. Didn't have any cavities last when she went last year. Um, sister-in-law or sorry her older sister similar experience like 
she went and like, you have multiple cavities. Like that's not possible. I, 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 I was fine six months ago, but now all of a sudden I have all these cavities. She changed dentist and the next dentist said, like, yeah, I'm not sure what they saw because you don't have the number of cavities. They said you did. You have like one that we need to keep an eye on. Not, 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 not bad enough to treat or anything. So it's like, are they just con artists? Because I don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah. Okay. So I have, I have sensitivity on one of my teeth, right? Like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a cavity there, whatever. That makes sense. When they came back and said I had four more across the rest of my, I was like, how I was fine six months ago. Nothing has changed. I I still brush as much as I did. Then I still drink as much soda and water as I do. I floss as much as I can. Pain in the ass, but I still do it. <laughs> like, did you get them? Or have you gotten them filled yet? No. So today was the cleaning. I'm going oh, okay. next week to start the process because they there's so many of them, Michael. And they're so spread across my mouth. I can't just go one day. That yeah, they, they wanted me, that they wanted me to come back three times. Like, is there any way we can combine these and get down to at least two? She's like, well, we can do both. Uh, the sets that are on your lower jaw just have your entire lower jaw be numb. I was like, sure, let's do that. Anyways, dentists the, 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 are just, they just may be on it. Or the, the, the last, I've, I've had a couple and the way my dentist does them, and I don't know, he's not there anymore. This, I'm, I'm at the same office, but the dentist I went to is gone. I'm just it's, looking at it. Same thing happened to me. So, well, he were just retired. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, I know where this place is. I'm a creature of habit. I don't like change. So I'm just going to go to the same office, even though it's a different dentist. Um, and the last one I had, they cleaned my teeth and they found it and they're like, all right, let's go get it filled. I'm like what? Well, I have, I won. I didn't know I had one too. They're like, yeah, come on, let's just go, go take care of it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay I am not the most when it comes to my teeth especially I am not the most like brave soul no like so mouth pain is so uncomfortable like it bothers me so bad it was and I'd never had one filled before the last time I had a cavity I was 12 and it was in a baby tooth so they just pulled it out and they just they're like okay that's it you're done but so my first time having one was I, I was just in there for routine teeth cleaning. Nothing was painful or anything. And, oh, yeah, well, it looks like you got a cavity here. Let's go get that filled. And in retrospect, it was probably the thing to do because I would have just like fret about it for a week. If it's not said, well, bad. No, I know. I, I found that out. But it was it's just like I said, if, if it was your first time, the other guy, what are they going to do? the sound of the drill and just yeah it's not bad but it's just still not enjoyable no it's not i i have a hard time like even with the cleaning like how often they'll they'll suction out the water or the saliva in my mouth because like when you're leaning back and there's just pooling on the the back of your mouth and you're like my reflex here is a swallow but not with this lady's hand and three different instruments in my mouth like i, I can't do it but it's even worse. That. It's even worse while they're doing filling. So they're in there even longer and there's a lot more water. I was like, guys, you need to, you need to work the suction better or just let, let me spit or do whatever you need to do. But like, this is bothering me. <laughs> there's a lot. Cause you know, they're just shredded 
a chunk of your teeth. Oh yeah. It's just, yeah. Just teeth filings all in your mouth. Like I, I don't want to swallow that guys. I really don't. Do you ever get the hygienist who tries to talk to you? And I'm like, come on. I don't even like people. <laughs> she was, I mean, so I, I've had her for all three of Christmas. my appointments. It's your Christmas. I'm like, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? Like, you know, I can't answer you, right? Like your hands are literally in my mouth. Oh yeah, it's really good Christmas. It's good. It's fine. I like her, and I like that office. I, I, I do too. My uh, my dentist didn't retire; she just moved clinics. But like the clinic operation stayed. The dentist just left. I was like, "Well, that's weird." Uh, so they brought in two new dentists in this office, and I like the the, the new ones there just fine. Um, but it was weird because so so I. I went for my, my first cleaning like last January. I had those fillings done. And then in baseball practice, I was eating sunflower seeds, which is a stupid idea. Like the next day I was like, my teeth hurt. <laughs> so I called the dentist like, yeah, well, you may have damaged your fillings. Uh, so let's come in and, and check it out. So I was in there and she was like, well, I'm not like, I can't see any damage to them. I don't know what's exactly wrong. But also today's my last day. I was like, Okay. Like what, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like, do you want me to follow you to your new, like, I, I want to go here cause it's right down the street from my house. Like, I don't mm. want to go across town wherever you're going. Like, you're not that great of a dentist to me. Like I just, I just met you <laughs> anyways. They all suck. They're commoners. They're just filing, finding things to do. And that's, that's way too much on dentist really. Yeah. This is, this turned into dentist talk, which is fine. That's just, that's what we do. We're, that's the next, uh, a hygiene class at class at the goal line. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, it's related. It's related yeah. to food. It's the, uh, logical connection from food. Anyways. Yeah. That, that'll do it for us on the 23 personal podcast. Kansas sucks. The refs suck. Uh, you had a shot to win that game. You end up losing by three when you, they had three chances to blow the whistle there. Um, We've got Oklahoma Sooners coming in town this weekend on the road, Iowa State. Lane, Kevin, get you a dick. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.